As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yo, yo, welcome to Stargazing, a show about the figures and influencers that surround the superstars in NBA culture. I'm Yovan Buha, NBA reporter at The Athletic. Joining us now is Victoria Jacoby, aka Count on Vic. Vic is a professional dot connector. Like this year's best picture, she is everything, everywhere, all at once. She knows every NBA player, works with every brand, and attends just about every event. There's no one way to describe what she does, but we're going to try on today's episode. Thank you for doing this. How are you today? Of course, you're the homie. <laughs> Anybody that doesn't know, Yovan's the homie. I'm just happy. I'm just happy to be to be here. I'm happy the show is here now. I feel like we've talked about this many times and thank you for having me on. And uh, thank you for that introduction. I feel like you should be my agent or something. <laughs> <laughs> very it's very flattering. I, I try. I try. Let, let's start with this. This is my my favorite question. How and when did you fall in love with basketball? Oh, wow. This is actually my favorite question. It's not the, oh, what does she do? What does she do exactly? I feel like it was very early on for me to the point where I don't even remember exactly how old I was. I grew up, for those who don't know, I'm not from here, from the U.S. I grew up 20 minutes out of Tel Aviv. And, you know, my dad and I used to watch laker games in the morning because the time difference so he would he would always record them and we would watch them on the like over the weekends and he was a big Shaq fan and i was a kobe fan so just kind of grew up with the lakers and and loving the lakers and i'm such a new yorker in every other way in my life and how how i am and everybody is so surprised that i'm not a knicks fan thank god i mean they're doing great you know i've always been uh lakers nation on this side what drew you to kobe over Shaq? I think his style of play, I just, my, my dad was a Shaq fan because he was like, how is this guy so big and so dominant at the same time? You know, it would almost be too hard to move when you're that big, but he was so talented. That's what drew my dad to, to, to Shaq more. For me, it was the versatility of Kobe, the, the swagger he had about him. You know, one of the best slashers and dunkers early on in the game and just so much fun to watch. I always enjoyed Kobe closing games too, so... You mentioned moving to New York. So you moved as a 13-year-old. Mm -hmm. uh, what was that experience like for you? And, and how did that 
shape your ability to connect with people, new country, new language, and and just yeah. you know, of all places, New York, which obviously you know can be an intimidating place to to be and and try to meet people. And what was that experience like for you? Listen, I think immigration is one of the hardest things you can go through, especially at that age when you're. I'm still a kid, but you're kind of going into those years where you're developing and not knowing the language. I wasn't fluent by any means. I spoke four other languages and I couldn't speak English fluently. So it was definitely a shock. It's it's kind of debilitating almost when you can't communicate. So finding different ways, you know, people always ask me, how are you always everywhere? And, you know, when, when you work a room, you're talking to everyone. I feel like that was the opposite of who I was back then. I was just kind of like a deaf mute for a couple of years because I was scared to speak because I always felt like I would say things the wrong way. And, you know, when you're not fluent and you don't completely understand what everybody else is saying around you, you just kind of, you would rather be quiet. So I feel like going through those really tough years of not knowing anyone in this country and being thrown, like you said, into New York, which is one of the most intimidating cities there's so many people, so much diversity, which I'm thankful for, obviously. But those first couple of years, I was miserable. So you just kind of have to learn how to live through that. Just like living day by day is hard. And you miss your family back home and you're not able to see everyone and talk to everyone. So that was it was definitely an adjustment. And I feel like those years are just kind of a dream at this point, right? They don't even seem real anymore. It definitely contributed to everything about me now. How I move, how I talk to people, how I build relationships. I think it's just something that you either have or you don't. It was always there within me, but I feel like it all came out throughout those years, you know, and just kind of growing in a different country where it was just kind of all on me. I was solo. So my parents were, it was just me and my parents. My brother was born here already. Yeah, you just kind of have to teach yourself things. So were you always extroverted like in Israel growing up? Were you kind of that? outgoing kid that that knows everybody oh, yeah. and is cool with everybody and then oh yeah that was almost on pause for a couple of years when you came here yeah. and then it wasn't something you you had to like you know build up or, or develop necessarily right i was always that funny kid the the class clown also you know i was always on top of uh, schoolwork and i was i was just a good kid all around just like fun to be around and then like that's why i use that word debilitating like it was very hard to not be able to do that and not be that to be completely thrown into something new is very, it's, it's hard. And it's not just a few hours away. Like, I don't know if people know this, but it's an 11, 12 hour flight back home. You know, it's not like I can just hop on a plane and it's a few hours. Yeah, there's a different, there's definitely, I had to grow up very fast. I think at 13, like that's why when people would meet me in my early 20s, they would always say, oh, you know, you seem very mature. I think it's because those years really just, I had to grow up. So uh, what's your first break into the MBA space? Like, do you, do you remember a specific moment or interaction that kind of led to those doors opening for you? I always say, you know, that it was, and I'm going to go back to him a lot in this conversation. I think it was Kobe. You know, Kobe made a Twitter in 2013, I believe, you know, I was still a teenager and just kind of tweeting, live tweeting Laker games very early on. Cope said, I'll follow 100, 100 fans and I'll keep it at that. And he had followed one of my friends and she said, I think he's online right now because he just liked a tweet. 
right? It was something about, actually, our mutual friend Arash Murkazi had tweeted something and he liked it. So I, I went and I, and I had seen that and I was wearing this new like Mamba shirt that Nike had. And I took a picture of the shirt, of just the shirt that I was wearing. My face wasn't even in it. And I tweeted it at him and he followed me. <laughs> and everyone's like, you're the 81st follow. And I was like, 81. So oh, wow. that was that's dope. Yeah. And it was just like it was the first day of Passover, too. And it was like a holiday and everybody was at home. And it's just my parents just see me like jumping up and down like a crazy. <laughs> Kobe Bryant just followed me. They're like, what, the, what does that even mean? Like, you know, and I was like, don't worry about it. I don't They're know. Like, what's don't Twitter? Know what it <laughs> but it's, you know, we're yeah. here. We may, I don't know what to tell you guys. Um, and that was just like the biggest fangirl moment ever, because like I've never had like an idol right like kobe was it for me um so that was the moment and then you know a few tweets back and forth i had dm'd him and i said you know thank you for doing this for your fans without expecting anything back and he said something like it's all love l-u-v he spelled love l-u-v and i thought that was very cute of kobe bryant to do that i was like okay you know uh, he loves me uh we're best friends now so you know, it just kind of went from there. And then we had talked about Game of Thrones when he had the Achilles injury. He was at home and he tweeted about, you know, what should I watch? Can you guys send me some recommendations? I sent him Game of Thrones. He said I should start watching Da Vinci Demons. I started watching that for Kobe. So I would have something to talk about. And it was, you know, it was very nice. Like, it didn't feel like you were talking to Kobe. Not that we had a lot of conversations uh, back then on Twitter, but it was just that. And then... um there was something about D'Antoni, D'Antoni tweeting about Kobe, tweeting about the games from home with the Achilles. And Kobe and I went back and forth on that. It was like four or five tweets. And that was on ESPN. And that was the big. That night, I probably gained like 5,000 followers on Twitter. And it was like, who is this girl? How does she know? There's no way she's real. You know how Twitter used to be. Um, it's still that, that way. Was, that was, I know. It's so funny. I just like, I'm not on there as much anymore, you know, because I have a life now. Um, but then it was really, it was, it was really just hilarious, like how it happened. Kobe talks to fan about D'Antoni, about coach. And it was like a whole thing for like two days. Um, so a lot of, a lot of people followed. And then, you know, I started going to games. I got, um, I participated in a few, like the Knicks were doing this thing with Chase at the time. Um, it was like Linsanity times, you know, and I, I captioned something really well and they gave me tickets and then they started inviting me. So I think it was the attention of it first of ba basketball knowledge with just like my stupid, funny tweets that went viral a bunch of times. And then, um, from that going to actually with people in the industry inviting me to things and then wanting to work with me later on. So it was just kind of a cycle of like, if, you, if you're in the room and you make someone remember you and you have a few things that you say that, you know, oh, this is a great idea. This would be great. And then it went from that to let's work. And can you consult for this or can you attend this and we'll pay you for this? So in the beginning, you don't really even know where it could go. Like, I had no idea that this was going to be it. I was doing psychology at NYU and, you know, had no idea what my life was going to be, right? So, and I still don't know, honestly. I just wake up. It's just people think I haven't figured it out. I was just vibes every day. I don't know what's going on. Um, like that. Vibes <laughs> yeah. every day. Oh, like, it's just a lot of vibes now and I'm very busy. But, yeah, it, it, it happened kind of that way. And, you know, I was very lucky and I always talk about this when I 
do these things and I don't do them a lot. You know this. It's a lot of great women in this industry that I looked up to that gave me really good advice, whether it was Perry Champion, Cassidy Hubbard, Rachel Nichols, you know, Taylor Rooks. There's a lot of women that I've, Rosgold, that I've talked to. And obviously those women are talent. I don't do what they do. But, you know, I had my little show with Slam. Uh, this was like four or five years ago. And that was really fun. Kaz and I were co-hosting the Slam show. I got uh, some players on to do, you know, different episodes, different things, videos. That was a lot of fun. But I didn't really know where anything was going, where it was going to take me. So just talking to those women and those women being open to talking to me and giving me some advice really helped because once you're in this, like the type of person I am, I'm very open with everything. And very quickly you learn that you have to hone in on what you're good at. So people take you seriously because I never worked for anybody. Right. So that was kind of how it all started. And like I said, people paying attention to different things and following me and then seeing the work and me learning throughout all of that. Um, yeah, but shout out to Kobe on those tweets. I swear it's still, still a thing, you know? I mean, there's something poetic in, in him starting oh my your, God. your career like that. Yeah. So what what is it about connecting the dots that you find so fulfilling or, or so exciting? Or what is it about connecting a player with a brand? What, what do you like and enjoy uh, with, with that so much? I love seeing my people win. I love seeing my friends win. So whether it's a player or two people who work for different brands that want to connect or somebody is launching something and they want a player to wear it or whatever it might be. I just love seeing things come together and the final product and how I like the process of that. A lot of times I find that, you know, there's a lot of people that say this, like the dot connector of the league. I know agents. I work with agencies. I work with the players directly. I know the players' families, the brother, the sister, the manager, the homie, the best friend, the homie's best friend. You, you know, so it's it's kind of like, how can I bring value? Because the biggest thing about why I do what I do is because athletes want to do more than just play the game, right? They want to do what they care about. And it's not just basketball. They have other interests. They have other things that all tie in within this culture of sports. So whether it's fashion or gaming, you know, everybody asks me why, like, how are you, how'd you get, Vic, you're on 2K. Like, I don't, I don't play the game. You know, my brother plays the game. I think it's a great game. Shout out to Ronnie, but Ronnie's like, you should be in it. So let's get, let's, let's get you in it. Let's get you scanned. It was funny because we did the, we did the reveal. Ronnie did the reveal with, with Devin Booker this summer. I got scanned that same day and Booker's was like, oh, you're, you're in the game now. And I was like, yeah, can you believe it, bro? Like, I've known this kid since he was 19 years old, you know? So it's just kind of like all these things coming together. But then me also being able to provide a different lane outside of basketball for guys and seeing that come to life, it's very, it's very fulfilling. And also sometimes like this happens a few times a week where somebody will text me and this is things sometimes that I forget about. I connected to people and they're like, yo, Vic, we're launching this. Shout out to you. We got this done. Oh, I got this job. Cause you hit me actually a f- like a few months ago on something. And there's so many people that show love back. And I'm like, this is what I, this is what I like. I love, I love that feeling. I, I helped someone or I got someone from point A to B or something they'd never even thought they would do, they would be doing, you know? 
I think that's the biggest thing for me. And a lot of times, like, I don't know how many people know this about me, but I was doing a lot of that for free just to hold people down. I wasn't, I didn't even know I could, people got paid to do these things. It started with little things, then bigger things. And then obviously you have to realize that you can build a business from all of this and scale that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Your IG bio says, don't worry about what I do. If, was- you know, I've, I've seen the Reddit threads where if, if you Google your name or, or search on Reddit, like there are people guessing and arguing. What does about, she do? What does she do? That, that's the question. Well, I, I'm always players. Uh, we don't think, but it's, you know, the whole player dating thing is funny because no, um, no, thank you. It's just, it's really funny how like women have to go through that. Like if you're decent looking and you're in this and you're a lot of this is just people have to realize like you build relationships and it's, it's real friendships. It's real genuine friendships. And I'm not saying I'm friends with everybody in the league. That's not the case. There's guys that it's very, you know, transactional. Hey, like I need this. This is what we're going to do, but I don't like hang out with them. You know what I mean? And there's guys that will not go do anything in New York if they're here and this is where I live or LA without me. Hey, like we need, we want to do X, Y, and Z. So like I set that up and that's just me as a friend that has nothing to do with, with work, but it's just funny how those conversations always come up. uh, Like you said on Reddit of what exactly is it? Right. But I didn't mean to cut cut you off. No, no. I I, I like the raw, the raw response there, but like, I'm curious, like, it, why is it important for you to to maintain a certain mystique? Because I I think it, I almost feel like you know the, you you mentioned you don't do a lot of podcasts, you don't do a lot of interviews. You know, it's it's in your bio of like just don't even worry about what I do. Like I almost feel like that there's part of the brand is almost like people don't know necessarily what I mean. I mean, yeah. people who are dealing with you, who are friends with you, obviously know what you're doing. But like from the outside, that there's almost like this mystique of just 
who is she? How does she know all these people? What is she like? There's almost yeah. like the, the legend of Vic. Uh, <laughs> like, so uh, okay. was that oh something God. you like kind of consciously like developed or, or did that just play out that way? And you're like, Hey, like I want a certain level of privacy in my life that like, you know, yes, I'm going to be a public figure and know all, all these athletes and, and celebrities and, and different people and kind of have some forward facing elements, but like, I, I need to keep some stuff to myself. And like, if you're going to wonder how I know this person or why I'm at this event, like that's on you to kind of think about, but like, I'm not going to concern myself with that. I kind of like how you said that at the end, you know, I, it's not, it's nothing that was consciously done. I think it was more me being in these rooms because I didn't know, like I said, I had no idea where this was going to take me. So being in the gym with Mello every day and now having a business with this man, you know, like being in business with him on a, a project, just seeing that growth. Like, I don't think anybody needs to know exactly what, when, where, how it's everybody's very open with, you know, Oh, personal news. And it's a new job. Like, good for you. I don't want to do that. I don't work for anyone. I work for myself. I have clients. I have guys that come from me for, to, to me for different things and their agents or their families. And I have, there's no reason why people should know the ins and outs of that. I think it got to a point where so many people were asking, what does she do exactly? You know, she's an influencer and I hate that word, but sure. You know, if you want me to influence, uh, I don't know what I'm influencing exactly, but you know, people do hit me up and ask me, Oh my God, we love how you dress. Can you help us out? You know, with this, or we love courtside Vic and the fits thing became a thing. And I am doing, you know, I'm, I was walking around the other day with Cassie. My friend Cassie Athena was here. She's on a billboard on 42nd Street in Times Square. And our commercials are playing back to back. And that's a moment. Yes, that if you want to call that influencing, please, sure, go ahead. It's great. It's not what I do day to day. And But people see highlights on social media, you know, and I, I'm very conscious of what I share. I don't share a lot of my day to day. You wouldn't know my personal life through, you know, just seeing my Instagram, it's very curated um, mm. to my brand and what I wanted it to be. Um, but I think, you know, it became that, right? The, the question is always like, what is it exactly? Because it, I don't, there's not one word that encompasses what I do. And there's so many people like me. It's not just, oh, she just does marketing or she just does branding or she just does PR. Guess what? I do all of that. <laughs> I do a little bit of all of that because it's kind of like a concierge thing, right? Like, what do you need? I have it. I deal with the biggest media companies. I deal with the biggest fashion companies. I deal with anything that you need, even if it's just a dinner reservation or you like, there's guys that come to me that want to do fashion week. So I build itineraries, full itineraries for fashion week. Oh, are you dressing these guys? Most of the time I'm not. I'm, if guys need help, sometimes I say yes. The only athlete that I have that I absolutely dress for events and things of that nature is Haley Van Litz. Haley is my baby. I love her. I love you, Haley. I don't even want to do styling. I know so many great stylists, but guys will ask me, hey, do you know a stylist that can help me with this? So I just kind of delegate. It's almost kind of a network that I have, and I'm in the middle of it. I'm right here. And it's like, imagine like all these little dots of amazing people who are so good at what they do. And I just kind of send those dots. You know what I mean? I delegate and I help people connect. So at the end of the day, like that's my 
I think that encompasses what I do. I think maybe. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> that sure that there, there's even more to it, but um, you know, it, it's hard to explain. And what, one thing I'm I'm curious with though is like I think people focus on the the relationships with like with, with athletes and and players, but like I'm curious about the people that like the you know you mentioned if if someone needs a, a reservation somewhere or or fashion week like th- these are things that are outside of the NBA world where it's not like you're working directly with Nike and a player you're working with Louis Vuitton and a player or a, a restaurant right. and a player and like how how did you go about building that network cuz you know is it was it kind of similar skill set to you know working your way you know around the NBA or or is it you know like how how do you I, I, it feels like a different skill, but but maybe it's it's you know very similar. I will say this: I think I'm very lucky to l- be living in New York. New York just has that easy, seamless transition between fashion, sports, nightlife, all of that. While I was at NYU, you know, I got I got to meet a lot of people in nightlife, DJs owners club owners managers so now it's just a i'm a call away like i have a text group with i call them my tau guys just everybody a tau and i'm like hey i have this player pulling up tonight i need a dinner i need a table the back section a lot of times these guys have security with them so i have to deal with that and make sure that everything's seamless like i'm not ever out just to be out that happens very rarely and if i'm out i'm working I always say this, if you see me outside, I'm probably working. So I have to make sure that everything's seamless. If a player doesn't want to be seen, if a player doesn't want to be swarmed by people outside, you know, I have to, there's, pro- I have, I call it protocol. I have protocol. So it's me. Number one for me is protecting my guys always, or my girls, whoever it is. Right. I think that's a big thing with that, that I had to, you know, kind of also teach myself and learn how to go about those things. Because, you know, being out in New York is, it can be a lot. <laughs> you can get lost in it very quickly. But like I said, I, I became friends with some DJs. One of my best friends is, a, you know, a major DJ here. And I met a lot of people through him. I would just go to gigs with him, drink ginger ale in the corner in the DJ booth and meet a lot of people. And guess what? These players are out, right? So after a win, especially, or birthdays or whatever they have going on, you know, they want to do different things and make sure that it's seamless. So it's one of those things where I'm just kind of like, I want, I want my guys to be safe and protected. So yeah, which is why it's also weird, like talking about this. I don't, I don't really talk about these, these things, you know, but um, yeah, just protecting them. But I feel like with the nightlife fashion week, I started doing fashion week years ago right just filling it like i have people that work in friends who work in fashion so a lot of times fashion shows will happen at the same time different designers at the same time so some of my fashion media people would hit me up and be like hey i gotta go to this show can you go to this one and get some content because i need to show them whatever right and i started building relationships i was just i happened to be in these rooms and a lot of times i made sure i was in these rooms i would pull up honestly and just finesse my way in. I finesse my way into a lot of shit. I'll <laughs> just say that. <laughs> Early on, I was like 22 running around. I walked into, I forget who it was. I think it was Philip Klein, like a Philip Klein show. I didn't even know who the guy was. But it was at the 42nd Street Library. It's huge. And I see Kareen Reutfeld outside. 
And Corrine is the Vogue editor, the French Vogue editor. And I just know her face. I pull up to her, I'm like, Corrine. And she's like, oh, she thought she knew me. Gives me a hug. Security immediately moves, lets me in. And I ended up sitting next to Fat Joe at the show. Yeah, you awesome. know, so I have I have a million stories like that. There's places I should not have been at. But this is what New York is. You really just don't know where the city is going to take you. And I feel like I've had so many nights like that. And once you're in those rooms, if you don't make something out of it, then what are you doing? You know, so that's kind of how I see it. And people always ask me for advice to get to where I'm at. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, honestly, I will just say, make sure you're in the rooms and make sure people remember you. Just be good to people. Be a good person. Make yourself memorable in some in any way you can. And everybody circles the block. Everybody comes back in some on some level in your life. It makes sense, even if it's not immediately. Right. Like I've had that happen to me so many times. So. It's like a personal growth thing. And everybody makes mistakes. You know, I've made mistakes. Everybody goes through things. I've never had anyone teach me how to do what I do, right? And there's no there's no recipe to this either. I feel like a lot of people ask, you know, like, so did you go to school for this? I, I didn't. You know, I went to school for psychology and maybe psychology is one thing. I'm a good listener and maybe that helps with how I move about my relationships and how I grow friendships. But for me, it's like you gotta you gotta give some a little bit of yourself, your true self, to be memorable, especially in this industry, especially in the city. Otherwise, you know, people fizzle out. I've seen a lot of people fizzle out, and it's kind of like sad to me because there's it's there, but they just don't know how to talk to people. That, there that's, you go. That's fascinating. What, where do you want to take all this? Like, do you have an ultimate goal, an ultimate vision of like a, a dream job? Do you want to just keep doing what you're doing on like? just a higher level and is it possible to do it on a higher level? Like how do you kind of view your career trajectory and, and where you ultimately want to get to? You know, this is something that I think about a lot for those who know me, those who don't know me and just follow me too. They, you can probably tell I don't sleep much. <laughs> I'm up till 4am most night. I think about this a lot and I don't, I don't have an answer. I feel like I overthink and overanalyze things. I, I'm growing in a way that's this summer I decided, okay, I want an agency now. Everything will go through the, through an agency because there's things, there's projects that I do that where I'm behind the scenes on. And then there's projects where it's like a big thing. So now there's two separate entities to that. There's things that I get paid to just be me and do my thing. And then there's things where I'm helping with a project, a brand, an athlete, and it's about them. I'm just here to make it happen or to contribute in some way. So, and, you know, I've worked with a lot of NBA trainers too. There's so many good ones. The people behind the scenes really is like where I'd love to be. Right. But at the end of the day, I feel like there's no set timeline. I feel like if I set a timeline for myself, it will only drive me crazy. So when I say I genuinely, like I wake up every day and there's new things and new projects my way and different, like I'm very lucky to to be in that position where things are constantly coming in and I'm pushing myself. I'm doing bigger things now. You know, I did New York Fashion Weeks and now we're thinking Milan and Paris. And that's definitely like a move up for me. You know, I just I just did Tokyo for, for with Marnie, which is one of the biggest brands. And the welcome dinner was <laughs> I called my friend. I FaceTimed my friend from the Italian embassy in Tokyo. That's where the welcome dinner was with the ambassador of Italy. That's and crazy. this house is insane. Tokyo like is what like I'm in Tokyo. And one of my best friends, Josh Sobel, who's one of my favorite photographers, he shoots everyone, right? Travis Scott, all these guys. And Josh, I called Josh and I was like, hey, like, 
do you want to go to Tokyo in two weeks? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so the fact that that's my life sometimes, I, I just, we were sitting on that flight and we were thinking, like, yo, we're really going to Tokyo. And on the way back, we were like, we really just did Tokyo for eight days. <laughs> like what? You know, and with one of the major brands in the world in fashion, that's pretty huge. You know, and that's something it's di- like, that's how 2023 started for me. And I would have never even thought about that. It's just, it's crazy how things happen. And I feel like you just have to let things flow. And I was, I wasn't very good at, you know, being that person, just let, letting things flow. Like I like to control things. Sometimes losing some of that control or letting go is, is better. Things are happening. It's just, I'm learning how to structure better. Like I said, there's two different lanes. There's an agency now. Everything goes through set protocol. Like I can't just be all over the place because I have 400 unanswered text messages right now. And it's it's impossible. You know, I have an assistant now, which is great. I love her. Shout out to Olivia. Olivia texts me every day and she's like, every, cause she has my email and she'll see like people emailing me asking me, you know, can I work with you? Can I work for you? She's like, don't ever replace me. And I'm like, never replace you. But it's just finding someone you trust is so hard because she has to run around sometimes to players' hotels to drop off clothes or to pick things up or, you know, at games. Like she has to take care of me sometimes. She has to make sure that I'm good. So it's like, how do you find someone that you trust? So just trusting is big. You mentioned it uh, a couple answers ago about, you know, making an impact in, in a room uh, and, you know, making sure you're memorable. But aside from that, like, what is one piece of advice for someone listening to this right now who wants to be the next Vic, uh, who, who's coming up, who's 16, 18, 20, 22, whatever, and, and wants to follow in your footsteps? What would you tell them? I would say have something that makes you memorable. Be good to people. And honestly, don't compare yourself to anyone else ever because there's there might be people who are younger than you that you feel like are doing more than you or somebody else in the in the same space that you want to be in that seems like they're killing it but you can't the comparison sometimes and it's so easy to compare now because everyone shows everything on social media and it's very out there it's very open you can't go about life like that people who ask me how, you know how do you do what you do can you give us advice i always say this i can't you can't do what i do you can't be big i can't be you I could never write the way you write. I could never tell a story the way you tell a story. You're very good at telling stories. Um, <laughs> but it's some, But it's very real. I think everybody should find their own lane. And that's what I've done for myself. And it was so hard because I've had offers to go work for major brands. And I, said, and I kind of said no every single time. Every single time. The one time I said yes, it didn't even last a week because just wasn't for me because at the end of the day, a lot of these major companies will want you for you and then put you in a box and not let you be you. And I think that's a a huge issue. And I absolutely refuse to be in a box. It's not going to be me ever. But there's people that do so well in that box that they make another box for themselves. Do you see how I'm I'm talking crazy? But no, but the psychology major coming out now, right? (laughs) But no, but it's, it's a very real thing. I like my freedom. I like not having to ask anyone to get something done. Hey, we see an opportunity. We're going to go for it. That's how I like to move. There's people that will sit there and go through, write full emails and put things together make it look fire. And maybe that's their path in life. And then, like I said, you build yourself a bigger box or a different box somewhere else. 
And they are actually, companies now are actually making new branches for people that are like me. Like there's, there's a lot of times it's like, oh, we, we've never hired anyone like you or anybody like this. So we're going to, we're going to start something new within the company. And this is going to be your department. Because it's a lot of people like me who are just very good at different things. And it's not one thing holding like one description holding you down. So why shouldn't these people be able to do all these creative things? You know what I mean? Within a big company, a major corporation. So yeah, because it's hard, you know, like I I have so many talented friends who, for example, do talent marketing, right? But they're also good at PR and getting things of that nature done. So they're like, oh, that's another department. So just saying that, like, no, you come to me, what do you, what do you need? We'll make it happen, right? There's no other department. <laughs> it's just me. So that's how I personally like to do things. But it's always don't compare yourself to anyone else. Always do you. And if that doesn't feel right, then you have to really dig deep and, and figure out what you want to do. That means it's not the right thing. I think that's a beautiful place to wrap. Uh, <laughs> Vic, a- anything you want to plug? Where can people find you on social for those who don't follow you? Actually, uh, people always ask me, where did Count on Vic come from? Yeah, so Count on Kobe, that was the Nike campaign. And that's kind of how it happened. I think I lived up to it. It was so many years ago. I was, like I said, I was still a teenager and I wasn't really thinking about it long term. But now everyone's like, oh, you know, really count on Vic. Sometimes don't, don't count on me. <laughs> You know, I didn't know where this was going to go. This is a disclaimer. <laughs> um, but for most things, you can definitely count on it. I, I I pull through for a lot of people. And it's funny how the name came first through a Kobe thing. And now this is what life is. And I always say this, like I have had no plans for this to, to happen the way it happened for my life to go this way. I always just say, I just wanted to meet Kobe. And I got to meet Kobe. And I, I think I built a career to meet Kobe Bryant. So here we go. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's talk just about coming full circle, full circle for me. And I work with Alex Bozell now who used to train Gigi and Alex and I are business partners on through the lens. We're very close. We do all NBA runs, especially in the summer, all that beautiful content of guys working out in these different gyms. That's us, you know, like everybody, there's a lot of trainers out there doing that. But I feel like what we do is, is so special and we've made it a thing. And that's our company with Mellow. Through the lens uh, of the greats. That's why we called it that. And, you know, a lot of we're sitting on so much content, but at the same time, like we always go back to Kobe and how he went about things. And I think that's part of my life every day. So it's not just, you know, a few things that had like the count on big thing that happened. I think it's just, you know, Kobe isn't an everyday man. I don't know. I get really emotional even thinking about it, but I owe, we owe a lot to that man. That's all I'm going to say. Make sure you follow Count on Vic. Make sure you follow Through the Lens. Vic, thank you so much for your time. This has been, I feel like, years in the making. And uh, I'm glad we finally did this. Thank you so much. You're the best.